the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Broadcasting live from a perfect graveyard of buried hopes. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the Worldview Media Podcast. We're talking about the Netflix original series. It yes. is Netflix. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. What is it called? And with an E. And with an E. I'm your host, Gordon Runyon. Sitting at my 12... <laughs> Is my wife Joyce? At your twelve. Sitting at my nine is Jordan. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. All right. Here we are. We're talking about Anne with an E, which kind of is it loosely based on the <laughs> loosely on the book Anne of Green Gables. Uh, Help me out here. Well, I don't know anything about it. It is based on it. It is based on it, but I do know that a lot of people who had like grown up reading the book didn't like it very much because it took... Some liberties? Yeah, it went... Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. But I never read the book, so I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've never read it either. Have you? Mm-hmm. So we're just talking about the show. Just the show. <laughs> just this one show. I realize it does deviate from Anne of Green Gables. Now, you realize that? Or before? No, I realize that. I think I heard that before we started watching it. Okay, so it's a seven it's a seven episode season. Season one, yep. Yep. And in this show, it's obviously nineteenth century, is that right? Uh probably so. Nineteenth century Anybody know where it They're is? In is Canada. it in Canada? Yeah, now? like Canada. British Columbia. Yeah, well, Canada. well, cause she came from Nova Scotia, over okay. on the ferry. So Canada. Oh, Canada. All right, and it focuses <laughs> on a girl named Anne Shirley. Anne Shirley, Anne and she Cordelia. is. In, she's Shirley. an orphan girl. And All her days. Yeah, she does has no memory of her parents. They died when she was very young. Okay, and and Shirley, when we, in the first episode, she's adopted. Is that right? She's being sent to this family, this older brother and sister who live together. So they old have a farm. Spinster lady and, yeah. her, and her brother. Yeah, and her old bachelor brother. Right. And they ordered a boy. They ordered a boy, and they got a girl. They were just looking for somebody to help on the farm. Yeah. And they were gravely disappointed when it was a skinny girl who didn't look like she was probably very strong. And yeah. they really were debating sending her back. And then through a series of events, they eventually come together to form their own little family. They adopt her. Yeah. I'm not sure how that works. I feel like she needs to call them aunt and uncle. But they kind of rejected that right off the bat, right? Yeah, I don't know. She just sort of calls them by, by their, their names. By their first names. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, because they're not really the aunt and the uncle. Because right. she asked about that. And Marilla was, no. Because I'm not your aunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, so Marilla, Marilla Cuthbert is the old lady. And she winds up being kind of a mother figure. Yeah. And... And probably really the first uh, person to do that. In her life. Yeah, in any capacity. Because she's been with other families. Yeah. But she's been there more as a servant girl and not really as a part of the family. Like Cinderella. Yeah, Yeah. she has a shady past that I feel like will be filled in bit by bit as we go. But apparently she's been through a lot of things that a girl shouldn't probably have to go through. Yeah. hasn't been treated very well. Yeah. And uh, so I almost wonder, do you think it's, it's a defense mechanism, the fact that this Anne is really kind of given over to flights of fancy and daydreaming? and uh, Well, it's mostly daydreaming that she does, but... Well, she has a vivid imagination. You're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To the point that acting. sometimes... She can't get actual stuff done because she's so engrossed in whatever fanciful thing she's imagining. Yeah. yeah. Is that a defense mechanism? That was my thought. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, probably. I've, she's escaping reality. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. What do you think? I don't think that's the usual way that stuff like that happens when you've been in a, an abusive type of situation because she's a... Normally, the other thing is really just to withdraw and be quiet and say yeah, nothing and talk right. to nobody. And so, but she's still, even with all that she's gone through, that we've kind of had hints at, but really don't know exactly everything. Yeah. She's still really pretty upbeat and she generally um, is pretty outgoing and you know trying to find the best in her situation. Right. And she's very optimistic, even though she yeah. really has no reason to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. She loves books and words, words and reading. Yeah, yep. So, it seems to me that then what happens is, kind of the consistent plot is that she, uh, she's initially treated badly by a variety of people who don't like the way she looks or they don't like how horrible her clothes are or they don't like her red hair or they don't like the fact that she's an orphan Mm -hmm. and so she's initially treated badly by a lot of different people and then it kind of became this trope even though it was only seven episodes it kind of became a thing that I saw so many times I was sick of it by the time it was done (laughs) just you could tell after a while you could see the pattern and somebody treats her really bad because of a a really negative initial uh, judging of her and then something's going to happen that will demand that Anne shows up with her uh, kind of unique background knowledge yeah. and background and experience and imagination even and through her unique set of skills she's she's able to come through and save the day and so this person that initially hated her and despised her winds up becoming like a very devoted advocate of hers and and, uh, really very much on her side 
and that happens like say over and over again mm-hmm. yeah kind of got tired of it <laughs> you know after a while you'd see somebody treating her bad and I'm like oh, well is she gonna have to save that guy's bud in something you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, give me your overall impressions of the story. Well, I... Or the whole series. I started watching it because it was... I could download it, and I could watch it at home when I didn't have any Wi-Fi. But, uh... But in doing so... But in doing so, I mean, I, it was just... I was just hoping it was going to be okay. And then it was... I felt like it was really pretty fun and, and cute, and I f- feel like that little girl is a really pretty good little actress and stuff and mm-hmm. I don't know I th- I I enjoyed it and I want the next season to come out so that I can keep watching it so and then I thought mom would like it so I had to say hey how about this <laughs> how about Anne with an E and what did you think of it overall um, I liked it I too will look for the next season to come out I think what you're saying is probably true with uh, her having to overcome all this stuff by, you know, doing these things. Right. Um, but I think also that that really is just kind of accepting her as a whole person because a lot of people have seen her, well, she's just an orphan, she's just gangly, she's skinny, she's ugly, she's not anything worth keeping. And so, um, and she thinks that of herself anyway. Yeah. But... As she's getting to be known and not just for what she looks like and understanding that her background has been um, less than than perfect and she's been exposed to all sorts of things that most children wouldn't have been exposed to and circumstances and taking care of things that many adults wouldn't have to do. You know, I think they begin to see her as more whole yeah. and not just a single feature as orphan and I think another thing that um, really kind of surprised me about the whole time frame is really where these kids were in an asylum and that was the orphanage so it was uh, just the way that they were treated and the way they were thought of Uh, it's a little bit better than some animals where you could go in and you know buy an animal and Right. You'd at least sell it instead of sending it back. So I was uh, I was a little disheartened by that because, you know, you hear about that. And, of course, we hear that in Scrooge, you know, let them go to the workhouses and let them go oh, yeah. here and do this. But uh, it really wasn't uh, it wasn't a good time. No, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything asylum in the 19th century was pretty much a horror story mm-hmm. i think yeah you know and for her to be as optimistic and as upbeat as she is it makes her likable just the fact that she's she's kind of indomitable that way and she does want to she wants to be like a regular girl and have friends and have a family and yeah and just that those things mean so much to her because she's never had them right yeah even just the fancy dress so special just because she's never had a fancy dress before. Right. Yeah. All right. So overall, you liked it? Yeah. And I thought yeah. the, Looking forward the for sets season were two. good. I liked the, the costuming. Yeah. 
and I thought they did really a good job with like the lighting because it's all candlelight and they really kind of oh. hold true to yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, but it right. never seems you like know. it's too dark, like you can't no. see anything. But you can tell that that really is their light source, and right. you know, I just think it's really very um, true to the time. Yeah, the other thing that I think they did well is. And, and this is a kind of a recurring thing for me in my own life. I, I am very often acutely aware of what sort of technological advantages we have. And I'm not just talking about cell phones, but I'm talking about like running water. And yeah, plumbing, sewers. Electricity and lights and... Heat. Yeah, and so... <laughs> Some days. <laughs> I think another detail that they do well in the series is kind of without focusing on it, they wind up communicating that people live rough lives. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to live in these circumstances. Uh, well, I think in comparison, they didn't know it was hard to live. I, that's just how they lived. And I think right. some of them lived better than others and yeah, had people sure. to help them and, you know, some people didn't live quite as well. Yeah, yeah. But hard work was kind of inescapable. Yeah, yeah. That was your day. Yeah. So I thought that was done really well, and I appreciated that about it. And I'm with you in terms of production value and all that. I I feel like it's really well done. Mm-hmm. And. The theme song, I don't know if no, I like it so right. much. <laughs> the theme music isn't that great. But, but the opening credits, the scenes are really pretty. and Yeah, it's a very pretty fanciful. sequence. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been to Canada, but, man, I see that stuff, and I see the countryside in, like, the Curse of Oak Island. <laughs> and, I was thinking Oak Island. <laughs> and it makes me want to go to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Hang out in a cabin somewhere. Yeah. All right. Well, if nothing else, in the overall sense, we'll take our break and come back. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. And we're back, Worldview Media Podcast, talking about Anne with an E, the Netflix original series, season one. Season one. Yep. And we want to talk more in this segment about worldview sorts of things or uh, thematic issues that kind of point to worldview things. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that I say things so much. It's become an irritant to me. That's just a Uh-oh. kind a of side. a side thing. Thing <laughs> <laughs> you say? Uh, no. An issue? A problem? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have many things like that. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, at least they're vast <laughs> <laughs> and persistent. <laughs> All right, so let's see. One of the things... Dang, there I go again. One issue, one item, one... Yeah, I need a thesaurus. (laughs) (laughs) Topic, subject, factor. 
Mm. Oh, that's a good one. All or right. Fiction. <laughs> Actor fiction. <laughs> one thematic issue that is there right at the beginning and really throughout is the issue of adoption and family and mm-hmm. what it means to be a family. Sure. And I feel like there are a lot of shows that come around that I'm not sure how intentional it is, but you see it all the time from Hollywood, this idea that family is whatever you want it to be. You know, family is just who you love or who you're a part of. More or fluid. Something, yeah, yeah, very fluid, very fluid. And that that there's no real pattern for a family or something. Yeah. And you kind of run into that here because frankly, an old spinster woman and her brother really have got no business trying to be parents to, to a child together. You know, they really don't. Nobody's raised by brother and sister and, you know, they're raised by mom and dad and by, uh, well, now sometimes you are raised by a brother or a sister, just depending on what your circumstances yeah, are. For sure. And so to say nobody is ever, I think that's a little bit. Well, inaccurate. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's it's not, not the, the best, normal. That's not the best situation to farm a kid out to, and say, "Oh, we got this one adopted." Well, she didn't get adopted in the best circumstance, really, but. Uh, and, I, and that's not a knock on the Cuthberts. They actually, once they commit to what they're doing, I feel like they do the best job they can. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. really do want to raise her as as if they were in the place of mom and dad. But that is an issue for me. That Joyce had the right word. That Hollywood really wants to promote this concept of fluidity in what a family is and what it can be and or even what it should be. And I think the reason for promoting the fluidity is so that you can say, eh, there's so many types of families. Who's to say what a family ought to be? You know, if everything is allowed, then nothing is mandatory. And so uh, I feel like that comes out of Hollywood a lot. And there was one scene in this series that I was really happy to see where... Uh, where the Cuthberts have Anne sign her name as a Cuthbert in the family Bible. Yeah. And it was a it was a way of formalizing between the three of them that that you really are ours now. You are one of us. You have our name. You are part of the Cuthbert family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like that. It came as close to being like a covenantal sort of ceremony as you're likely to see out of Hollywood. And sure. Well, and Anne embellished that as well. Yes. <laughs> she wanted it to be, don't we need to do something right. more and right. make it bigger? And That actually <laughs> leads to something else that I, that I found interesting and has kind of made me think a little bit is that Anne's active imagination causes her at all times generally to be able to kind of take a step back from whatever it is that she is experiencing in real life Uh and she's able to kind of see it as if she's reading about it in a book or we might say as if she's watching it on a 
on a show. Oh yeah. And I, I find that really helpful, and I recommend that. That I think Christians and people in general need to be able to kind of step back and see what's happening in their lives as if it's a story unfolding because it is. Mm-hmm. But you need to be able to see that mm-hmm. because then that perspective of sitting back and looking at it as if you know you're objectively viewing this thing and not subjectively just so immersed in it and involved in it that you can't step back. Yeah. But when you can objectively look at it, then you can start to ask questions like what should this what should this person do in this situation or what does this situation mean to the overall story? And I really think that's helpful in terms of decision making and problem solving and which way do I go now and which do I not? And it, I really think people who have, I don't believe nobody, anybody has no imagination, but I, I think that people who do not exercise their imagination or have not tried to stretch it or anything like that, they, I think you shortchange yourself by not being able to step back and not being able to evaluate your life in that kind of, uh, in, in, from that kind of point of view. Mm. I just think it's really helpful in terms of self-awareness to be able and thoughtfulness to be able to see here's the situation that I'm in. But if I was watching this in the theater, what what should the hero do in this situation right now? <laughs> yeah. And to me, I find that very helpful. And you see in the in the series that Anne is able to do this very often. There are times. There are a lot of times she encounters things that are so upsetting to her immediately that she's caught up in the moment and unable to do that. (laughs) Yeah. But she's almost always later able to look back at that and say, oh, okay. She might not be able to step back in the moment like would be helpful. Right. But later she is. And she's able to evaluate what happened and however upset she got. And, And specifically that scene where she's becoming a Cuthbert you know before she signs her name she's not a Cuthbert but once she signs her name yeah now things have changed and she's covenantally a part of this family and before she did she was able to step back and kind of get a hint of how momentous this was yeah and and to demand that we have some kind of ceremony, <laughs> you know. And I thought that was really great. I thought that was really cool that she wasn't going to let it just be about hand me a pen and I'll sign my name. That yeah. They had to. They had to all three stand around with their with their glasses of cordial. <laughs> yeah. Which apparently was not alcoholic. We find out later. I thought the cordial probably was. Alcoholic. Maybe it's just not as alcoholic. Yeah, so anyway, they're all standing there with their three (laughs) drinks, and they kind of toast to the situation and what's going on, and they share this drink together. It's Mm -hmm. a very covenantal sort of Mm -hmm. scene happening there, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. All right, boom, go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think if you look at that from a Christian perspective, I mean, Anne was always sent there to be adopted. And she gets there and they say, oh, we don't know if we want to adopt you. But yet that was always the the mission, the goal. This family is going to adopt you. And then they send her back and then they say, no, no, 
we uh, we think you should stay here with us. And so I think a lot of Christians have that same type of view of their salvation that, well, if I'm good enough today, then I'm probably adopted. But maybe if I'm not good enough today, they're going to send me back to the asylum and <laughs> I won't have a family anymore and God won't be my father. And, but that this adoption is legit it's real and that's why it meant so much to Anne because she never had a family and I think for a lot of us we're raised in families you've got parents you know you've got right. all this stuff and so right. to be adopted into God's family you're just like well well, sure yeah that's great and you don't understand the gravity of what's going on and um, the grand the grandness of it right right you know where Anne knew that this was Momentous, and it really was a huge deal. It was going to change deal. their relationship. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is that at first, until that until that moment happened, she had a very performance based view of her relationship to the Cuthbert's. Right, because yeah. she was on trial for like a week, right. where they were just seeing. yeah. They told her that yeah. you're on trial, and, and we'll see how it goes, and and. So that would be a performance-based relationship when what Christianity means is relationship-based performance, which is a very different thing because I am in the family. This is now how I'm going yeah. to act instead mm-hmm. of I'm acting this way so they don't kick me out. Yeah. And those are very different things. Yeah. You do kind of see her after that moment kind of relax a little bit, right? Yeah, I and think so. Even well, I though think she, she feels safe. You right, she does things like set like the house gonna, on fire. Gonna, and stuff like that. <laughs> I can make mistakes, and it's not going to mean that nobody right. isn't going to love me. Right, she can light the pies on fire accidentally. And not and, to do those things right. intentionally. Right, right. Because nobody does those things intentionally. But she did do it. It, it was irresponsible. Well, I mean, she knew what her duty was, and she just failed to do it. And yeah. So it wasn't intentional, but it was... It was, she was culpable for it. It was her fault. Yeah, and she knew that. And she knew it, but she didn't freak out about it. She knew that wasn't going to change. I'm going to pack my bag. Right. Yeah. She knew that wasn't changing their relationship. And, you know, that was the whole reason that she didn't want to go back when he came to get her. Because he said, she was just, you're going to send me away again. Right. Why? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can't keep playing this game back and forth. I can't. I can't be in this type of thing for my own good. I can't. I'll, you know, I'll sit here and tell stories <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. Yeah. There was also a. It's not a blatant thing, but it's a strong undercurrent, uh, kind of a feminist thing going on sure. throughout the series. And. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is to the time. To the time, right. But yeah. still a valid point, I think. Right. That, now we're and not, you see this from the beginning, that being a female doesn't mean you're less than. Right, right. Because, well, we wanted a boy. And right. she's just like, I can do anything a boy can do, and I can do it better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't sell me short because I'm a girl. Yeah, when I say it's a, it's got a feminist thing, I'm not necessarily talking about like the alt-left sort of sexually confused that's not the feminism that I'm talking about or the man hating mm-hmm. thing that's not what I'm talking about but I'm talking about uh, so far what it is is really kind of a more a more biblical idea of, of equality and, and women and, and women being yeah. 
not only enabled by the gospel, but required by the gospel to pursue the calling that God really has put on their lives. Right, which and, isn't necessarily being a housewife. Yeah, it may be, and and oftentimes it's going to be, and that's fantastic, and absolutely we need that. That's that's like the basis of the whole kingdom thing. Is <laughs> you got to have moms raising kids. The kingdom and, thing. <laughs> oh, I did it again. <laughs> Oh darn! But, but Paul does tell the church at one point. I believe it's at Corinth that uh, he wishes that they could remain single. It feels like they'll be better off if they do remain single. And and I'm not saying that's a new norm for this is the this is what you should shoot for is singleness. But I am saying that that does kind of represent a little bit of a shift from old covenant to new covenant. And now. A single person, whether male or female, can pursue Christ, pursue his or her calling, and be the agent of multiplying the kingdom, you know, through conversion and through seed scattering and, you know, plants coming to harvest and fruitfulness. And I'm saying in the New Covenant, fruitfulness isn't just the fruit of your loins. Yeah. And... And there's more you can do and more you can, uh, more options. Really, I think that's true in the Old Covenant as well. It's just, um, it's like the whole topic of resurrection from the dead. It's there, but it's not like a major emphasis or topic. And once you see Christ being raised from the dead, then you go back and say, oh, this was in the Old Testament the whole time. (laughs) And, and, And then I almost feel like it's the same. Once you see the... The new freedom and the and the not really new, but the new emphasis on equality between male and female. Mm-hmm. Once you see that in the New Testament, you can go back and oh, it's there in the Old Testament too. Yeah, and uh, especially Proverbs Proverbs thirty one, you've got this the model woman at the time, and she is. Running a small business out of her home. Must be Joanna Gaines. It is. And not only that, but she's out and she's making real estate purchases without consulting her husband. It is Joanna Gaines. (laughs) Wow. Congratulations, Joanna Gaines. Yes. She does have her children and she's taking care of them and she's taking care of the household and she's the ruler of the household. She's got it all in order. But that doesn't mean that the Proverbs 31 woman is the one who is most barefoot and most pregnant most of the time. That's not that's not the ideal. She's out and about pursuing her calling and using her gifts and talents. And well, I, and I that. think, too, that there are different seasons sure, in, right, in your right. life for, for accomplishing and doing different things. But for me on that, I think the key is that you have to be content in whichever season you find yourself. Ooh, good one. Because you can say, well, I'm single. Ain't that great? (laughs) (laughs) And you miss uh, all the opportunities. Or you can say, oh, well, now I'm married. And, well, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) This ain't always cracked up to me. (laughs) Here I am trapped for life. (laughs) I'm pregnant again. To death is what you think. (laughs) (laughs) So, But you really do need to be content where you're at in whatever season you find yourself and and that's that's challenging that can be very challenging yeah Hmm. don't i know it (laughs) 
All right, anything else thematic-wise come af- come into your mind? I almost said come after your brain. <laughs> anything else? Like a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Thematic zombies. <laughs> All right, doesn't look like it. Well, I just have to say it really is a cute series. It's got a lot of just kid things that happen, you know, Yeah, there's up. no nudity, very yeah. little violence. Um, the violence that is there is like... Boys getting in a fight after school, or yeah. you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Still chivalry. Uh, uh, yes. Not a lot of bad words. I don't remember any bad language. Yeah. No, it's really it's really a pretty good series. Yeah. yeah, there's not a whole lot of questionable things. Some of those Netflix things, especially, I feel like they do outrageous things just because they know they can. Like the rules don't apply because we're doing a Netflix original yeah. series and they we can do what the put networks their thumb can't. On me. And, yeah, yeah. And I don't see that in this. Yeah, series. I don't think there's anything gratuitous in this. Mm. Yeah. There's the one old woman who I suspect she was in a lesbian relationship for a very long time. Is that what well, it looks like to you? I do feel like it was implied that yeah. that is what it is. But they're but Anne never gets good that. Friends. Right, but she calls herself married to her and stuff like that at one point. Well. <laughs> uh, but that's a good thing. That means that even if that's what the situation was, they're not like shoving this in your face. Yeah. It's, just, it's kind of, well, I'm sitting back going, wait that. a second. <laughs> This is not right. <laughs> what are you really saying here? <laughs> of course, I'm right about what they're saying, but I mean, it's an undertone. Well, of course, you're right. Right. Yeah. Well, and Anne never really fully grasps what no, she's she talking no about. Idea. So, yeah. and she would be very happy to live with her best friend. Yeah. Forever. Right. <laughs> So for sure. All right. So season two is going to start on a ominous note. Ooh, it looks the like borders. They've got bad guys coming who are already there. Really, yeah. the bad guys are showing there. up on the doorstep yeah. to save the farm. All right. Ooh. So this will not be good. Oh, maybe they'll get reward money. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. So. Y'all might want to check that out, and with an E on Netflix. I think we've enjoyed it as a family, and it might be good. Even though it was driving you a little crazy. It was. Maybe <laughs> with season two, there will be like a new pattern, and it'll take a few episodes for me to say, wait, wait they're doing second. this every episode. It just means that he was really awake for the whole thing. I know. <clears throat> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was a Christmas miracle. It was. It never happened again. Oh. Not if I can help it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, y'all. We're going to get out of here. Go out and dominionize. Do all the stuff for the sake of the kingdom. Amen. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks.
The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.